become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves. Flapping the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. Just a little bit more than the noble life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. You're listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Welcome to the show. This is ETL Daily. Had to think about it. I am the Jstrom. Welcome to the show. We're here to talk about film, television, and pop culture. Because it's awesome. I don't do the show alone. I don't do it all by myself. Well, I do sometimes, but I try not to. I'm here with Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. Hey! Hello, Stephen. I have to do it. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I have lots of great movie and TV stuff to get to, I guess. I don't know if it's great. I'm overselling it. Some of it's it. good. <laughs> yeah, some, some of it's great. great. Uh, you know, I want to start off the uh, show, though, asking you how you are doing, Stephen. I'm fantastic. Been off for two weeks. Two weeks. And wow. waiting to find out if I'm off another week. And is this good or bad? It's not good. <laughs> oh, my God. Is What's going on? It, it's just slow right now. It's I, slow time I, My of boss year? couldn't come up with the reason. We're just slow. So oh, like, wow. I could have you go do this manual grunt labor or you can sit at home. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> let me think about it. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, what have you been doing to uh, spend your days? Well, I last night was cool. I went to go see the Jesus and Mary Chain's 30th anniversary concert of Psycho Candy album. The, it was a, a tour for it's a tour for an anniversary of an old album. Yeah, that's interesting. They played the full album, you know, front to back, all every song. And, but they played more songs than just that. They came out and they did a their first set. Came off, and then they did Psycho Candy, and then that was it. I was trying to see if I have any Jesus and Mary Chain songs. I have this one. Do you know this Okay, did they? So they played that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Heather was like. That would be cool to go to that. And I go, whoa, what are their songs? <laughs> it's like, uh, do you know this song? 
And then once that song's over, I'm like, all right, can we go? <laughs> I don't know any more songs. There's probably uh, other songs. I yeah, heard. you'll recognize them. I probably I don't know names of them because you know it's just like it was through growing up. I knew the songs. You know, it's like right. okay. Um, I just didn't know all the names of them. You know, it's like "Taste Like Honey" was one off of the album. Cool. I mean, was so uh, it is. It was a good concert. Oh yeah, it was fun. It was a really good show. Was it in a good venue? Yes. Really? They remodeled the um, old bomb factory for people who live here in uh, Dallas area. Cool. I haven't um, been there in a long time. I, I hadn't been here since they've remodeled it, obviously. The last time, gosh, it was, you know, I thought it closed down, you know, beforehand. You know, now right. they've, they've remodeled it and this stage is in a different position. It's all, it's all remodeled completely differently now. Cool. Did anybody open for them? Uh, I don't know. I got there late. I was like debating going because of the weather. Uh huh. I was like, eh, okay, well, I can die in a tornado here at home. Or I know there's like a thunderstorm every <laughs> night lately, every single night. So yeah, I mean, it was just all the tornadoes were north and west of us. So I was like, ah, let's go. Screw it. And you know what's funny is because of all the storms, is uh, rain fade on my direct TV. You know how many shows I've had ruined? <laughs> but there well, was, not to mention they were ruined because of all the news broadcasts. Yeah, you know, they interrupt like, it. It's, it's like, I don't know if you, whether you watch the odd couple, the new TV show. Yeah, it wasn't even on. It yeah, was just it was all, all like uh, weather reports. Yeah. So I was like, how are we going to ever watch this? <laughs> <laughs> and it was two episodes that they aired, neither one of them. Heather was like, they'll probably air it late tonight. And I was like, well, uh, when? It's not on the guide. I'm yeah, supposed well, to guess. Or... They're going to tell me something. But yeah, that but anyways, flash so... episode of Gorilla Grodd was all jacked up. And I was like, See, no! mine was fine. <laughs> yes. well, I had no trouble. I watched it on Hulu the next day. So uh, it was uh, it was okay. I was like, well, I pay for Hulu. Might as well use this. You know? <laughs> Let's see what else did I do? Let's see, last week I I showed you a, a painting I bought online, mm-hmm. and I re I I str- had to restretch. It's a canvas painting, and it was all. Who'd you buy it from? Uh, I, there's some online place. I don't even know how I found it. You know, it's like, um, so I, I was clicking through, and I saw this. It's a outsider street art, whatever, and I showed you that picture, and I might post it. On uh, Facebook or on what? ET. What made you uh, want it when you saw it? I liked this this guy's style. He was, I, and I started reading about. It's actually two dudes. Uh, one of them's a punk rock bass player out of Tennessee, and I don't know who the other dude is. You know, his uh, his something's De- Desposito and Davis are the two dudes. Okay, so is it just the kind of thing where the picture it, spoke to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, it's kind of cool and wild looking, and so I was like, all right, I like that, and you know. For being an artist, for the size of the painting and everything, it was relatively cheap, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say what I spent on it, but, I mean, um, so I wound up having, you know, it was like, like, when it came in, you know, it was like, had, you know, you, since you've worked in frame shops with me, you know that the canvas all wavy and, you know, it looked like they just, he just threw it on there and put it on there and stapled it on and, and sent it to me. It looked like, you know, it was just like... Did it okay. look like shit? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The stretching job was just piss poor. You know. Would you rather he just didn't even try to stretch it half-assed? No, it was fine. I mean, because it, it kept you know kept it in its shape and everything. Mm. So, 
But you restretched it? So, yeah, I went and bought pieces and had to break out my framing skills. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Was like, okay. You haven't forgotten them? <laughs> no, no. I, so I restretched the canvas and uh, I'm trying to debate on whether actually putting a frame on it or just hanging it because I, I put it on the thicker stretch bars, you know. Yeah. It's like those the, the gallery bars, whatever you want to call them, but. No, I know what you it's mean. It's like, hmm, do I like? Because it, it's, it's still all the, like, the raw canvas with, like, just muddy paint splatter, on the sides, you know. It's like, oh, it's kind of interesting, but. Yeah, so, yeah, some people will yeah. just hang it on its uh, on the canvas or whatever. So, so I'm, I'm debating right now. I haven't done anything with it. i got to figure out where to hang it in my house. Would you frame it yourself? Because wouldn't it be weird to go to a frame shop? I have paid. Um, have you actually, done that? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, actually, it's um, one of the old uh, managers from MJ, from our company, Mm-hmm. Um, from out at the Frame Express shop. I don't know if you remember this lady. Uh, Bobby. She was the lady we talked to. She was the Bobby. liaison. Remember her? I think so. Sounds Anyways, familiar. She was the one kind of like, uh, she would call you at the at the shop and say, okay, we got problems yeah, we, with these yeah, orders. Yeah, I'm sure. So she was the liaison there between the workers in the shop and right, the, right. the stores. So she's working at a shop? She's got, she's got her own. Oh, that's cool. So it's just her, you know, she's by herself running it. Mm-hmm. So Is she doing well? She says she does okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she's not you, trying hard. You know what's funny is uh, just when I worked in framing for the first time, you know, because my the reason I got into framing is because my dad was a framer. He worked in galleries. Then he worked at House of Frames. And I was like, oh, I know how to put metal sectionals together. I'll say that in the application. And that's what got me in the frame <laughs> shop. But I never would have guessed in a million years that, like, there's someone every single day that needs a picture frame. It never made any sense to me. Like, I can't believe there's a person every day that needs something framed. <laughs> it's weird to me, but That would require a shop full of people. Yeah, there's multiple people every day that need things framed. How, how did I know this service even needed to exist? <laughs> All pictures just already exist on people's walls. They, I never knew where they came from. But And then, I don't know if you still do it now, but do you judge people's framing when you go in their house? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you can tell when it's the cheap crap, yeah. you know, the pre I'm not as bad part. anymore, but like when I first... Overcuts and mats. Oh. I always notice that. <laughs> when you see mats, I go, ooh, bad overcut ooh. there. <laughs> Where'd you get that at Deck the Walls? I actually, I, not too long ago, where it was a long ago, it was like four years Sorry if ago. Sorry anybody works at Deck the Walls. Adam Howard uh, sent me a fringe poster that his friend did, like mm-hmm. a print. And it's really cool. It's like, uh, I forget what it says. It's a, got a floating, uh, floating uh, observers, like on balloon strings. And it says, that is cool. And uh, it's a really cool print. Have I ever showed that to you? Uh-uh. I need to show it to you. But I, d- I really do want to get that framed. Uh, I think it would be awesome. So that's why I went to Bobby because I know her. And it's like, well, if I'm going to support anybody, it's framing. Yeah, yeah, it's somebody cool. I know. Does know. she have a dry mount machine? Oh, yeah. She's got everything because <laughs> she's got all the old equipment from the frame shop. From oh, that's cool. So, I mean, it's all – and I helped her put the shop together. You know, I helped her rearrange stuff. Is that like a stuff. tiny little thing in a strip mall? Or no. It's, it, I'm it's, trying to picture it. Um, it's actually – I think it used to be like somebody's house mm-hmm. that they turned into 
So, I mean, it's essentially like an old three-bedroom house. Weird. But it's like right there over by um, Northeast Mall. Oh, okay. Instead of going towards the, uh, um, towards the mall, you go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And it's on, the, it's on Pipeline slash whatever it is, that other street. Okay, that's cool. But it's the so same street. Did you feel, I mean, how often do you purchase artwork? Often? I'm trying to do more. I want to get all original stuff in my house. I don't want to have any... Um, Prints or... Yeah, poster art. Mm-hmm. And, what about like... And a, not that I'm against it. Would it's you just, buy a print from an artist? Like go to see Like a stuff? limited edition, maybe? Yeah, if he had prints of his stuff and you couldn't buy the original maybe. or something? Maybe. It just depends on how much I liked it. I mean, I have a couple of those already. Is it because you like the idea of supporting artists? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of got behind it. So right now I have four, five... Five original pieces that I've bought over the years. Cool. And uh, no repeats of the same artists so far. <laughs> it's funny. I think if I were to buy original art, it would be like comic book art. <laughs> Just because I love, uh, you know, I appreciate comic right. book art. I would purchase like pages or something. I'm not sure Heather would like a bunch of comic book pages everywhere. It would have to be in a, uh, its own wall. Like have its own wall somewhere, right? Or like a yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm. Like I said, I'm. I want to start. Uh, I keep. I go to the Main Street Art Festival and I try to buy something new every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it two years in a row. I think I bought something. We recently went to one of those art festival things that bricks something brickworks festival, and it had a bunch of local artists. And there was this lady who did paintings on like. Uh, saws hacksaws and buzzsaw blades and stuff Mm -hmm. i actually thought it was pretty cool you know finding this like equipment and painting on it so yeah i have like a price range that i set for myself and say okay i'll spend up to x amount and Mm -hmm. you know um the the main street art festival people i think they just wind up overcharging everything because of the booth prices and everything right i mean it's just ridiculous yeah Mm -hmm. i went in there and i the one i bought two years ago um i was walking through and i saw it and it was sitting back behind in a basket like they were like it was sold or something and i walked up and i'm like is that one i kind of like that one she goes Oh no no the, the 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 wind blew up the first day and it blew it off and it broke the frame. I'm like I'm not interested in the frame. I can reframe it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well I'll give you you know I'll cut you a deal on it you know since it's got to be reframed. I'm like okay. She goes well, half price. Okay. And she starts trying to tell me how to reframe it. I'm like you don't have to tell me how to reframe it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I sat and talked with her and she was she actually went she went to school in Fort Worth and she's got a gallery up in McKinney area or something mm-hmm. north of Dallas. That's so it's like okay, cool. it's a local artist too. So there were two artists that I liked their things. Hers were reasonable. The other lady who wasn't local was crazy priced you know thousands of dollars and i was like are they just hoping for some rich patron to you huh five thousand all right i'll take it you have any more stuff uh, you know yeah i mean i guess i I don't know i don't know what they because i mean like i said everything the one lady had was you know well over a thousand dollars and it's just like i couldn't i'm not looking at i don't have that kind of money (laughs) yeah yeah 
So I was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'd say, you know, up to 500 bucks is what I was willing to spend. You yeah, know. you go in there with a, a, a an amount in your head. Yeah. You're not going to go crazy or anything. Right. So I was like, okay, if I if I spend this and uh, and then I've seen this, this I bought a, uh, one of the pieces I bought was a, uh, like a vase, Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Um, and that was a couple of years ago. Ming and, Dynasty? Uh, Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but the guy's out of Santa Fe, and uh, I saw him this year when I went, you know, and I looked at his stuff again. I was like, I already own one of yours. I'm not going <laughs> hey, to. Hey, you remember me? I got more stuff. <laughs> no. Gotcha. I already got one of yours. <laughs> got one. That's all you get in my house. One spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, if he had something really cool, I would have, you know, looked at more, but. Um, yeah, I just didn't, at the Main Street Art Festival, I didn't see anything I cared for this year. I mean, Do you just, go every year? Yeah, I try to. That's so funny, because this is uh, how different I am. When I think of the Main Street Art Festival, I think of walking outside, lots of people. <laughs> it's exactly that. And it's like, no longer, in my opinion, it's not art. That anybody's interested, it's getting drunk and listening to music, which is yeah. fine. Does the but smell it's, of beer in the air? Yeah, and then you get there, and it's like you every every little block. There's a hey, alternative energy, solar panels. Hey, alternative energy, wind power. Hey, what are you supposed to do about it? Like, just um, take a pamphlet or yeah, something? take a pamphlet, sign up, emails, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't stop and talk to them. You know, it's just like I. I I appreciate it, but I'm not here for that. Yeah, or sign up and win are, this car. I think you know. a lot of those things for solar power, it isn't even like you don't buy the solar panels. You like Rent lease them. them or something. Yeah, you lease them from the electric company. It's like, no, I want to own my shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's better to lease them because when those get damaged, you don't have to pay for them. They come out and fix them. Oh, yeah? And then... Uh, they sell the excess energy back off to, and this is their little pitch too. And I don't know how true any of it is, but I mean, you, but you got to get, it's like, there's a whole big infrastructure. See, to I want to be on my own grid where like the town loses power. I would still have power. You'd have to have batteries and stuff in your garage to yeah, store it. See, all. I'd want that. I'd be like, <laughs> but that's the, the Tesla is making a, new, a version of that now. Oh a yeah. Home the battery. in-home battery. Yeah. I've heard about that. That so, sounds cool. I bet power companies don't like that at all. Well, it de- uh, kind of depends because, like, California that has all the rolling blackouts. Yeah. Speaking of, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you pay attention to this, but does your electric bill go way up in the summer? Um, no, we've got the balanced. Oh, do you do the averages? Yeah. Averaging? I always think about that, but then I'm like, eh, I don't know, because then when it's It still low, fluctuates. Yeah, because when if it's if it's down like a hundred and twenty dollars during the where it's cold, but it's not so cold, you turn the heater on months. That's really nice. And if I average it out, I would just be paying what two hundred dollars a month or something. It's the air conditioner or heater's always on. <laughs> I'm a wuss. No, yeah, I, I like I air need, conditioning. I need my air conditioners. The happiest day of our lives is when we got that new AC unit put in this house. I'm re- I'll never forget the guys putting it in. He was like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Wallstrom, can you come here? And I'm like, yeah. And I go over there. He goes, see this stuff? 
I don't know how this thing is even working. <laughs> this is the old AC. Because it shouldn't have been working for all this time. And I was like, well, I had your guy coming in here once a year to check up on it. Maybe you should have told me that. <laughs> but I guess he would say, have you ever thought about getting a new unit? It's like, I can't afford it, you know. You can't you... afford not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't afford not to. Yeah, but it, it's definitely something like once you pay for it, you're just like, ah, oh, it was worth it in Texas especially, you know. Yeah. Totally worth it. But anyway, how did we get on that subject? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, because of the art festival. They have all the different yeah. power grid And that's crap another thing. And I, and... Uh, Mayfest or – no, when's the art festival? Is, is it in last October? Last month, April. Oh, it was in April. So it's not really that hot no. at that time, but it's shower, uh, rainy. Sometimes it gets windy and stormy. They keep pushing it back a week or so, you know, hoping to miss the rain, but they always wind up right in the middle of it. Yeah. That's the but, thing, like, um, anything during the summer, outdoor things, it's like I'm miserable. It's hot. Oh, yeah. Oh. Summertime? Pff, yeah. No. Screw that. It's like every year they want to, like, uh, Heather, it'll be fun to go to a baseball game. I'm like, yeah, right. It's miserable. I'll never forget that last game we went to. We were like sat down and the sun was like on us. And I was like, this sucks, man. I hate this. First of all, we had to walk miles just to get in the park, you know. Steve, so anyways, I, oh, I showed you the painting and uh, you gave me a really weird in- uh, remark about it. What did I say about it? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. I, I sat and looked at it for a while. And I was, uh, let me see if I can find it here on my phone. Yeah, here it is. At first, I, at first glance, <laughs> alien head and long neck. Mm-hmm. You see, there's two eyes and a mouth and a long neck. That's right. what I saw. And that's what I was like, interesting. Some kind of alien. It's like E.T. or something. Okay. But then if you look at it sideways or. Uh, can you look at it sideways? It, it is a face though, right? Yeah. That's what I see in it is a face. It's interesting. <laughs> how much did you pay? <laughs> how much did you pay for this? No, you, said, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> you could go on his site and you can. Ch-ching. All the prices are all the same on all this stuff. So you'll find out exactly how much I well, paid. For I don't know what else to say. Interesting. <laughs> Very. And I was interesting. My mom came over to my house and uh, I showed her, and she's like, "Uh huh," and uh. Didn't say a whole lot about it. She's like, okay, whatever. It's like, how much you make for What's that? wrong with my son? <laughs> and I was like, I came in there and I had it after I'd restretched it, you know, and I, I put it right kind of over my fireplace. She goes, and she just kind of looked at me. I said, <laughs> uh, I, I says to her, I said to her, I said, she looks at me and I'm like, what's wrong? And she just, she just didn't say anything. I, I know what you're thinking. You're going to put it where people can see it? <laughs> it's like, wouldn't that go better in your bedroom, maybe? Wouldn't that go or? better in the closet? <laughs> yeah. The back behind the coats? <laughs> it's like, well... Um, it's like, look, Mom, not everybody can be in the potted plants and flowers hanging, you know, on their pictures. Mm-hmm. Or collect figurines or something. <laughs> Elephants, not po- I mean, the pictures of plants, you know, flowers, mm-hmm. you know. It's like... Sorry, I mean, uh, but it kind of goes with my other paint. You saw the other, you've seen the other painting in my house, right? The 
think the, so. Yeah, yeah. The the big one over my kitchen table. I've seen your own artwork. I know I've seen stuff in your house. I don't remember. I was like, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. I don't know about interesting. What so, kind of uh, is not even? Do you like a certain kind of artwork, or is just something that grabs you? Um, kind of what grabs me. Usually, it's got to be kind of more. Um, you want to call it energetic, kind of street arty, kind of. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, abstract in 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 its way. Do you like Bigsy? and? And like I do like surrealistic too. Like uh, uh, Dolly is probably one of my favorite artists. Have you seen that um, HBO documentary on Banksy? Mm-hmm. How everyone goes nuts whenever he uh, puts yeah the Thirty Days in New York. Yeah, and some people try to take it. Yeah, for themselves. There was that one like giant sculpture, and the people took it and were hiding it in their garage yeah. and stuff. That was so bizarre. And that's I thought about doing that myself when I since I travel around and go build something and and just mm-hmm. post coordinates on ET uh, on our on our Facebook page and if somebody wants to go pick it up it's theirs. Yeah, that's a neat idea. I remember you know when in Exit Through the Gift Shop is where I first yeah heard of that like the guy named Space Invader and stuff yeah would put little Space Invaders in different places. It's a neat idea, and I I still think I still love Exit Through the Gift Shop. I haven't watched it lately, but um, I just the idea of Banksy is really neat. A lot of times, you know, you'll read about artists or whatever. What's interesting is he's a very interesting artist. It's the way people appreciate art is what gets on your nerves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people who want to just take it or for themselves and then try to sell it to the highest bidder. That gets yeah. really gross. But the idea of an artist, you know, expressing themselves, of course, that's a beautiful thing. But it's the way people can ruin it. And I guess you could say that about anything. Well, it's the like way if people... I saw one, if if it was somewhere and I took it, I wouldn't go try to resell it. It's mine now. Right. I would, you know, I, I wouldn't want to sell it. Right. And you, know, you could, like, well, I'll give you a million dollars for it. It's really, it's not for sale. It's mine. I like it. There's something neat about the way everybody would gather around looking for it. Like, oh, I found it. Come and look. And all these people gather around to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. It becomes like a spectacle. But at the same time, cops, they spray paint over it. Yeah. And it was funny. Well, the one where the guy put a piece of cardboard in front of it and it was charging 5 or $10 for you to take a picture. Yeah, of yeah. It. I uh, follow. Uh, I don't know if it's it's a fan of Banksy. I don't know if it's the real Banksy, but it's right, right. Uh, on Twitter. And was so funny. Somebody took a picture of the guy who paints over the Banksy art. And the next day, there was a painting of that guy painting. It was like... Banksy did it. it was, of a guy painting yeah, over his own He was painting artwork. it, and he was looking over at the person taking a picture of him. And so the next day, there is a painting of him on the wall painting over the painting. I just thought it was hilarious. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And that's why I love his sense of humor. I think it's great. That's what I love about uh, Exit Through the Gate. I don't even remember. Remember when he does that quote? 
of Mr. Brainwash. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts it on a billboard and he goes, I don't think he was paying attention or he realized what I was saying about him because he's a lunatic and he must be locked up or something like that. <laughs> he goes, oh, that's a very nice thing he said. I'm going to put it on a billboard. It's like, no, I'm being serious. You're a lunatic. You need to be locked up. Uh, the sense of humor in that thing is so funny. So, yeah, anyways, I'm, I'm trying to find new artworks around, you know, and I That's do cool. different ways of looking for it. What what do you do if all of a sudden I paint a picture? I go, Steven, that's for you, for hanging your house. I'll hang it in my house. <laughs> I've tried to get Skeletony from you. You've never given <laughs> Skeletony. I have Skeletony somewhere. You know what was funny is I thought of this idea for a painting a long time ago, and I didn't know how I could do it. It was inside a turtle shell, and it's like a living room with a TV and the turtle watching TV. But I couldn't figure out, would the turtle's like head just be sticking in there watching, or would its whole body be in the turtle shell? Like It just pulls all of its limbs in, and then it's like sitting in a chair. And how would you convey that it's in a turtle shell? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I had this picture. This is... Uh, it's how you sketch it out, and you just keep mucking about till you find out how you want it done. Yeah. I had this picture that I did in art in high school. It was these dudes. <laughs> I remember the, the, the joke started with me and my friend Ray. We would He would pick up these skateboard magazines, and I would make fun of the different names for the tricks they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like one was called like a Grab Melvin. And I go, what the hell is a Grab Melvin? And I was trying to think of like a cool idea for a trick, and I'd be like, "Oh, dude, I'm going to do a grab Melvin off an elephant carcass." And then I started thinking about, "Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome." So I pictured like a hollowed out dead elephant and skateboarders inside the stomach, like skating around, like a half pipe. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> a half pipe. So in this art project, it, it was the kind of thing I like. I worked on it all six weeks. I would pull it out and then work on it and then put it back away, you know, every mm-hmm. day. And it was dudes skateboarding on elephant carcasses. <laughs> and I even, you can see like the rib cage and everything. And then I just started adding all these extra characters that I've created throughout my life. And uh, they were gathered around. And then I had like a, a big magnetic thing with a car hanging from it. And I had stick figures falling out of it and clouds. It was just ridiculous. Like how long I worked on it. And, um, I uh, ended up uh, giving it to my grandma. It was <laughs> it was funny. I was like, "Grandma, I interesting, <laughs> interesting." But here's the funny thing: I don't know. It was the time you know. One time I spent every weekend at my grandma's, but now I went over there maybe once a year or something. And when I went there. It was hanging in the hallway with a frame around it. <laughs> I don't even think it fit in the frame. It was one of those kind of things where it was like kind of taped to cardboard, in. you know. But she put it on the wall, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe. But ever since my grandma died or whatever, every once in a while, I think about that. I go, that got thrown in the trash, didn't it? Where is that picture? I got to. I want that back. Somebody has it. Because it was on like the acid-free like Bristol board. Because yeah. I know it's not like all yellowed and shit. It's got to still be in pretty good condition. It's like I all know. the drawings you did on the map board for <laughs> yeah. our frame shop. But uh, I, 
I was thinking about like the turtle shell. It's like uh, that would be my uh, – I picture an art show where it's different things inside animal carcasses. <laughs> Dude skateboarding an elephant carcass, a day in a life and a turtle in a shell or something. And it, I don't know. It was just an idea like that. So like the picture of the frame crew you did that time. Yeah, I still have that. <laughs> that was funny. That was a good one. I need to do some stuff is in the garage and I'm worried it's ruined. I hope it's not. I hope it's sealed away. Yeah, I still gotta find uh cardboard boy and girl. <laughs> I hope they're somewhere if they're safe and not I remember damaged. like see at in the frame shop, just for the listener to picture and all the workstations, you have to put fresh cardboard on it and tape it down, and that's where you work every day. Because over time, it gets all jacked up. It's got People holes cut in it and from cut. Blaze, razor blades. So you have to change it like every day. And so I would start doodling on the cardboard, and uh, you know, a, a manager would walk by. Oh, how do you find the time? You know, or say something like that as they walk by. <laughs> And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. I cut it out and keep it, the little uh, section of cardboard. I remember I came up with this, like, a race car and a guy standing from it. And I was like, Death Racer Cinco. (laughs) (laughs) They had the number five. And I would just do stuff like that. And uh, was it Skeletony that – oh, wait, wait, wait. What was it? Um, Oh, man, I can't remember what it was. Skeletoni was on a unicycle riding. No, Skeletoni, he was on a skateboard, I think. It was a skeleton on a skateboard. And I'm trying to... God, there was a character I made. See, we closed the frame shop 30 minutes early than the rest of the store. And we'd say, I'm sorry, uh, attention, MG Design Shoppers. It is now 8.30 and the framing department is closed. Or is it 9.30? I don't even remember what time. 8.30. It It closed at 9.00. Okay, uh, it's now 8.30 and the framing department is closed. Please, uh, whatever, uh, up to the front. I don't remember all of it, but... Take your final purchase. Up to the one front. day I was like, uh, <laughs> Skeletony says the framing department is now closed or whatever. And I put it on the counter and I remember Randy came over and he goes, who, who drew this? And there was like, who do you think drew it? It was Jason. <laughs> He's like... That's pretty funny, wild man. That's <laughs> like I thought I was going to get in trouble for it, but you never get in trouble at that place because there was like this um, this famous story that kept getting worse. Where I would just yeah, I was just being silly, and I go, "Attention, MJ Design Choppers! It is now eight thirty, and the framing department is closed." Oh no, no, I remember what it was because I would do that voice like, "Attention, MJ Design yeah. Choppers!" and the manager. I forget what his name was. We called him Spanky. What was that guy's oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, I know who you were talking hey, about. you do such a good job with that frame announcement. Why don't you do the store announcements? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I go, attention, MD Design Shoppers. It is 9 o'clock and we are closed. So please leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I said that. And I could hear people laughing. And I was, I hung up and I was like, I am so fired. I couldn't control myself. And he came up. Spanky came up. He was laughing. He goes, oh, that was pretty funny. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I was like, okay. So the next day I was like, dude, man, I heard you said, tell all the people to get the F out of the store. And I was like, no, I didn't. It got like worse and worse. Everybody, you hear that guy Spicoli pulled a knife on Mr. Hand? It's like, no, he just called him a dick. That's what it was like. It was like, it got more exaggerated, but 
That was like Spanky. I remember that guy. I can't remember his real name. Was it Willis? Willis or something like that. But I'll never forget that. So please leave. Every once in a while, like I'm like a shy person and not very outgoing. That's the guy with. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Or maybe maybe his name is Willis and there was Dan Willis. You're right. It was. Yeah, it's Willis. That guy Dan Willis, he could be such an (laughs) asshole. I remember there was a certain time where uh, he was making the schedules. I was like, uh, "Hey, Dan, why am I only working twelve to three? And he was like, well, you know, that's all the hours we have to get right now. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. And I, you know, I realized, wait a second, this is a ploy to get me to quit. <laughs> you know, that's what they do. They give you shitty hours where you're like, screw this. I'm out of here. But I was like, this is the way my brain works. To hell with him. I'm going to work his <laughs> shitty hours. And then sure enough, one day it's like, yeah, we don't have enough people in framing. You're back to a nine to five or something. <laughs> You know, you have to get here an hour earlier than 10 or something. And I was like, ha, I wrote out the... Uh, wrote out your shitty schedule. Uh, yeah, now I'm back. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I remember when MJ Designs went out of um, uh, business and people were trying to get jobs at Joann's or whatever. Yeah. And I interviewed with him, uh, or I asked to interview with him. Oh, no, I actually did. Now that I think at the Preston Forest store in Dallas, uh-huh. this is how stupid I was. Like, I'm going to drive that far every day. And he goes, how far away do you live? And I was like, I live in Arlington. He goes, what? You want to drive out here every day? And I go, well, I don't really want to, but, you know, I could. And he was like, you could? Well, how, how fast would you get sick of that? And I was like, I don't know. And I go, well, I'll tell you the truth. I'd probably leave here as soon as something else got opened up closer to where I live. And he goes, he's like, why would you say that in an interview? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's like, he, I never got I know a, you, you're jackass. It's like, I was like the worst interview ever where I just told the truth. I was honest. Like, I don't want to work here. I'm just going to take it for now. If anything close to where I live comes up, I'm going to work there. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, we can't use you. Sorry. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, asshole. It's like, hey. And I'll never forget, I interviewed with, um, this is after MJ Designs went out of business. I'm trying to think, This wasn't. was this the first time or second time it went out of business? Um, I interviewed with Aaron Brothers. And uh, I remember that girl, Stephanie, was like, you can come work at the Hewlin store. I got a job there. I'll get you in there. I was like, oh, okay. So I went, I met the manager and I could tell it was really stuffy, like really serious rule following kind of things, (laughs) corporate type of business. And uh, I, where are they now? They give you those stupid (laughs) tests where between one and five, what do you think about this? Is it very much? Oh. Kind of, not really, definitely oh, no. not in no, hell no, or whatever. So I was like, whatever, what is this shit? Like, when I got a job at MJ Designs when I was like 19, they just hired you, they didn't make you take tests or whatever, and I worked for there for uh, 13 years, you know? So all of a sudden, there's these new things you had to answer, and I remember um, Stephanie called, and she said, they said you failed that test. <laughs> I was like, what? You failed that questionnaire thing. I was like, how? I didn't know you could fail it. She was like, you did somehow. I was like, well, I started not taking it seriously after like page 20 or whatever. It like went on forever. 
And I was just like, yeah, very much, very much. No, not so much. Okay, not at all. You know, it just like went on forever. <laughs> and apparently I failed that. <laughs> or whatever they look for on the score, it right. like wasn't good for me. And I was like, oh, damn, okay. And they did say you could take it again, though. And I was like, no, nah, no thanks, not interested. <laughs> and I made the... Uh, there was the other store, like the it was like where Northeast Mall is, and um, I made an appointment with the manager there to interview with that Aaron Brothers. And so I went in there and I was like, "Hi, I'm here to uh, talk with the manager." And they were like, uh, "She left for her, her vacation today, and she won't be here for a week." I was like, "Why did she make an appointment with me?" I don't know. And I was like, okay. And I was like, Do you, you like know Costanza. what? Well, I guess I'm hired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just start working the next day. But I was like, you know what? Screw that place. I'm not going to work there. <laughs> you know, the worst place I worked at was uh, Hobby Lobby for that one day. One day. <laughs> I remember Tim and Norm, the old guy I worked with at Randy's store, telling me horror stories of that framing department. And he goes, no, you don't want to work there. So I was like, well, I'm going to go apply there. And I got hired. And uh, I remember the manager saying, tell you the truth, we've had some trouble with the XMJ Designs employees before. And I was like, really? They have a certain way of doing things in your framing that we don't do here. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, they just do a different system or something. And uh, he introduced me to the framing manager, this lady trying to remember her name is like Robin or something. She goes, he goes, he has like 13 years experience in framing. She goes, what at MJ designs? Well, forget everything, you know? And I was like, you, you know? (laughs) So I went into the framing department and she's like, no, 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 no. This is how you staple in cardboard. You hold it like this and you go, and I'm like, are you serious? Seriously? Like she's going to, that's her way of showing me you don't know shit. You got to yeah. learn over again or whatever. And so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, and the way they ran things differently is terribly like there is no system of filing there. They had the old, yeah, I'm here to pick up my order. My name is uh, Betty Kasanovich. And I'm like, okay, hey, we're the C's. The C's? Yeah, um, I'm looking for her picture. No, it's just in there somewhere. Go looking for it. And I'm like, seriously? So I look, look at each thing. You know, the lady's waiting like 30 minutes. Oh, oh, I found it. I found it. And, um, you know, you show her the artwork or whatever. And there's no cash register in the framing department at all. So uh, do you owe any money? I don't think so. Um, okay, it doesn't say. Um, how much does she owe on this? Well, you got to go look it up in the computer. I'm like, okay. And you print up a receipt and then you give it to her and tell her to go to the front to pay for it. It's like, God, this is the stupidest <laughs> system ever. And I remember there was, there was, it was that night, one of those nights, you know, uh, this happened at MG Designs or whatever. They're cleaning the whole floor of the store. We got to move everything, put it up on things. You're going to wax everything. So I was there like extra time. And uh, when I got home, I was like, I'm never going back to that place. (laughs) I knew the next day. I knew that night as I was going to bed, I'm not going back to that place. And here's the funny thing is there was a huge storm uh, and it knocked out our power 
for like four days. I'm not kidding. It was when we were living here and we had to go stay in a hotel. And so we were in the hotel and I was like, I was like, what time do you have to go to work? And I was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> you know, this, I can't do it. I can't deal with those idiots. Just the way she said, forget everything you know, MJ Science people. I'd have been like, wait, let me teach you, lady. Yeah. I'll show you the proper way because you're doing it all wrong. I saw this guy <laughs> at an art counter and he was kind of like resting on his elbows, sitting at the counter. And, you know, people say, yeah, do you have so-and-so kind of pencils? Oh, yeah, right over here. I go, I want that guy's job. <laughs> I want the guy who just stands at a friggin' uh, counter all day and doesn't have to do all this stupid shit. Because I told Heather, you know, after the whole uh, place went on business, I said, I never want to frame pictures again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure the job gave me OCD, you know, uh, when I became the floor frame manager, when I would straighten frames on aisles and stand everything up and like perfectly, you front everything, and I'd see some lady like, "Oh, I seem to have knocked things over." I was like, "You bitch! You know how long I took over?" <laughs> I would go nuts about shit not being. So now in you order. straighten shit up when you go into apartment department stores if you're. Yeah, well, you you know you worked with me in the back of the frame shop. It's unbelievable how messy and unorganized people are when they're doing projects mm-hmm. or whatever. Framing a picture, leave shit everywhere, papers everywhere. They drop it on the floor next to them. Just totally. And I'm not that way. I'm like, that goes in the trash. This goes back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like organized where it's always a clean space, you know? <laughs> and just looking at other people would drive me freaking crazy. So I would start just picking up after people. And they'd be like, oh, you know. Oh, Jason must have done it. He put your ruler away or, you know, because I started doing it. People would go do something, turn around, and their shit was gone. That happened to me all the time. <laughs> the ruler would be hanging back up and stuff. <laughs> do you remember that? So I had all my tools. What happened to my uh-huh. stuff? What's, what happened? Remember when we glued all the tools down? <laughs> oh, what the hell? I can't put it up. <laughs> It's like gluing quarters to the floor. <laughs> but that was, yeah, good times. Yeah. Do you? What do you think? Did it give me OCD? I don't think I had OCD before I started. I didn't know you it. before then, obviously. <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe I did. I don't know. But the when I was straightening frames on aisles, that was worse. That was brutal. That was when I was bad. Like. I, I couldn't take it. it you were terrible. bad in the shop, too. <laughs> yeah. I just, when, some, yeah, when, like I said, you go out to help somebody, I'm sitting there working, I go out and help a customer, and I come back and all my shit's put away. And like, uh, Oh, yeah, and there was another thing where... Um, then when, we had the gunfight, so that was fun. <laughs> when you work at a framing <laughs> counter, you have different colored mats people go through, or frames, and someone would help a customer... A long time and pull out all these different colors they look for it, and they finally place the order they type it in they take the artwork in the back and people would come out to well, like put all their shit up and they go what it's gone and i'd be like i put it all back <laughs> <laughs> like i would immediately put everything back and couldn't wait the five seconds for you to walk back there and come back <laughs> i go the camera was messy i had to clean it up framing ninja skills or when someone else goes yes i need some help and it's like oh, you're gonna have to hold on a second do you see this mess here I can't work with this mess. I got to put this stuff away. Let me organize it so we can start afresh. I went into a Michaels not too long ago. And the way those, I can't, I'm trying to 
think of what I needed. I don't know what I needed, a piece of glass or something. And uh, there's no one in the framing department. And I was like, um, okay, there's nobody back here. So I went up to the register. Is there somebody in framing? Oh, yeah, let me call the manager back there. And they call the manager. The manager goes back there like, oh, can I help you? And I needed a piece of glass. And they got it for me. But I was like, when we worked at MG Designs in the the height of the business, there were, what, 50 employees in that store, something like that. Like on Saturdays, there was... The early morning shift, there was the midday shift, and then the nighttime shift. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, there were like three people, and there were like multiple registers. If you go into like a Michaels, there's like two cashiers, and there's nobody in the store. There's no framers, nothing. It's just crazy how that business has been slimmed down to where they don't need any employees anymore. Yeah, I think I went into the Hobby Lobby the other day, and it they had three framers in there. Yeah, that's a bigger, much bigger store. And then uh, there's a Michaels close to me too over there, and I they usually have one or two people in there. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of look at it and kind of avoid it. <laughs> like, For a while, I was kind of like the, the Michaels smelled similar to the way MG Design smelled, mm-hmm. so I go in and be kind of like, no. <laughs> Get me out of here! <laughs> a little aversion therapy. Yeah, like no craft store smell kind of thing. Because it, really, it literally was like... Uh, potpourri. 5,000 flavors oh, yeah, yeah. of potpourri. And wreaths and that kind of smell. But yeah. what would you say, like, you stayed there a long time too. Is it just, it was a comfort zone type of job? It was just, you... I was going to school, so yeah. It was just I mean, kind of like you... It's familiar and it's easy. When you and you had had friends work, you know, yeah, you know, people I liked. So it was like, and it made it easier. And it wasn't an easy job at times. It could be terrible. But we had fun a lot of times. Yeah, I, there. I sometimes I'll think back to customers that kind of humiliated me. I still remember, like times where people made me so goddamn mad dealing with them. It was funny when I was checking out at the um, at Albertsons. There was an old lady there, and she was taking forever. And I was in the quick lane. She pulled out her checkbook. I just want to go, lady. Nobody uses checks anymore. You know, she's writing her check, and she goes, "I need someone to help me carry this out." And then she was like, "Oh yeah, we've got. He's standing by your car right there." She was like, "That's not my car." That car right there, you, you, yeah, that's your car. It was like this white car with the hood up. She goes, that's not my car. I don't know what he's doing. And she was like writing her check. And she goes, is anybody going to help me? And she's like, yes, the man is standing next to your car. And so she looks, she goes, oh, okay. And I was like, well, is that your car or not? <laughs> and I was thinking like, oh God, I remember the times of helping old people. Oh my God. And they would always have a cross stitch, you know. You remember the deaf lady, Judith? Uh, yeah. And she didn't want anybody to help her but me. Uh huh. Yeah, like, she would always get the cross stitches. She right? did all her own. And she'd get the mylar frames, the she, plastic. She, she did all. She framed them all herself. Mm-hmm. But we had to get all the pieces together for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, there was a couple of times I think I helped her. She was a regular. Yeah. There was this it's other. Bad that I still remember her name after twenty years. Yeah, yeah. There was some regulars <laughs> like that. 
And uh, I just remember these two old biddies. I was like by myself on a Sunday, which is the worst. And I was helping multiple people. And I was having a hard time figuring out the measurements to put in this. Sometimes you got to really just sit there and think about, okay, multiple things under a mat. And Lady goes, he doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, I know he doesn't know what he's doing. You don't know what you're doing, do you? And I was like, excuse me? Yeah, I just need to figure this out. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I was just like, God damn it. I'm going to kill this lady. She was so up. And it was like so embarrassing at the same time because there's other people at the counter waiting for me to help them. And I'm helping a customer that says, I don't know what I'm doing. And they can hear that, you know. Insane. I don't like helping customers. <laughs> I'm, you know, I can be a very patient person, but there's sometimes people are just assholes and they're, they don't deserve to be treated well. What do you think? Probably. Kill them with like, kindness yeah. or kill them with or bullets. <laughs> bullets works best. <laughs> Should we talk about any inter- entertainment stuff? You might as well. <laughs> you know what's funny? Hopefully, I, everybody's been entertained by us so far. <laughs> you know, Tom Hardy. You know, of course, he's Mad Max and Mad Max Fury Road coming up. And there's this story titled "Tom Hardy Teases New DC Cinematic Universal Role." I was like, "Oh, cool!" Because just the other day, he was talking about how he wanted to be the Punisher. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I quite like The Punisher. I'd love to play him in a, in a movie. And people are, like, reporting it everywhere. Tom Hardy wants to play The Punisher. So now there's Tom Hardy teasing role in DC movie. And it says, The Dark Knight Rises star Tom Hardy, who already played the iconic Batman villain Bane, will have another part to play in the new DC Cinematic Universe. In an interview with Collider... Hardy mentioned the new role and offered a few hints, though he couldn't divulge much information at the time. He said, I actually got something cooking with Warner Brothers, which is also, I, you know, he probably speaks with a, an English accent, but this is the best I could do, Stephen, which is also a comic book. It's a DC thing, he shared. It's really good, actually. It contains elements of all kinds of stuff, from Ocean's Eleven to Batman. You can get all the rappers out, and it would be a big, really cool Technicolor pulp fiction. It's a psychological F-fest. It's absolutely awesome. It's as if you would take Transmetropolitan and make it happen, but it's not that out there. It's something which is much more real-world. It could be like heat. It could be effing awesome. Let me tell you what it is. Try and guess. Huh? Uh, What is he talking about? (laughs) Interestingly, Hardy also added that he won't be appearing on the big screen in this role. It's not even a movie. I think he's just making shit up. (laughs) It's already, it's real estate. It's prime real estate, which is sitting there right under everybody's nose that no one really has thought about yet. And it goes TV and movie. It's awesome. I can't believe that nobody has even, I know they thought of it, but no one has actually blown life into it yet. 
What? Is he high? <laughs> Is he messing with the reporter? Was he having heat stroke from filming Mad Max? <laughs> he doesn't give any information there at all, does he? It's, it's <laughs> this, it's that, it could be this, it could be that. And, and then I love where he, that he adds, and it's not even a movie. It's like, what the hell is it? It's a painting I'm involved in. <laughs> <laughs> it's this dream I had. I don't know if you okay. know this, Stephen, but a lot Who of shows... that dream? A lot of shows have been canceled. Did you know that? Mm, I'm sure lots have been. Battle Creek on CBS. Did you watch that? Mm-mm. Heather and I watch it. It's canceled. It was the show that was known as uh, Vince Gilligan created it years ago, and he uh, tried to get it made at CBS, but they turned it down. But then after the success of Breaking Bad, they were like, hey, we'll make it. And they made it and canceled. I've got to say, even though it had a likable cast, it did kind of have a, you know, it's a procedural, which CBS, everything's a damn procedural. Um, But it had, it was needed something, you know, it wasn't, it was just missing something. They also canceled Stalker, which I think is funny. I ne- I never watched that. No, it was it was bad. Um, one show I did watch forever with Ian Griffood that got canceled. Did you lose track of that show? What is that one? Forever. Oh yeah, but yeah the guy yeah, who's yeah. immortal. I have like eleven I've episodes on the TV. <laughs> yeah, I have like eleven of them. I mean, it was like an likable procedural I, show. I mainly thing. I wanted to watch it, and I lost track of it because uh, Chris Fedak was the showrunner, and of course he created Chuck. So I was like, oh, I gotta support this show. But and it wasn't a bad show. I just kind of lost interest. There were other things on, and I even have them on the DVR uh, where I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna watch it later. You know. Let me ask you that. Once a show is canceled. And you have it on your DVR. You like eh, delete all of them, or you're or you like eh, I'll go ahead and finish it. I'm trying to think, did I have it, ever have anything that was like that? I'm trying to, I can't remember having any shows that were canceled that you know didn't run through its course or whatever. Right. Well, the good news is that uh, Agents of Shield and Agent Carter have both been renewed. Mm-hmm. Agent Carter was the one we were really worried about, uh, but that was renewed, which is cool. And they kept talking about this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff with uh, Mockingbird, you know, Adrian Palicki. And mm-hmm. that's not going to happen now. Because I have a feeling they were trying to find something in the... So that's two shows that she was supposed to be in that didn't get <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman in this. I have a that. feeling the only reason they thought of that is because they wanted something... When Shield Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes on hiatus and there's a break, they wanted something to air there. You know what I mean? Right. And I have a feeling that... Uh, since Agent Carter was renewed, they're like, oh, we don't need a show now. We don't need another one. Um, did you watch uh, John or Constantine? No. Uh, wait, Hellblazer? NBC cancels Constantine, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Which is funny as I was recording all of them and I was like, oh, I love the comic Hellblazer. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Never watched a single episode. I had the best of intentions, but something happened. I think I saw the first two, and I, I it was I liked it. After and I sh- just uh, lost track. Yeah, me too. And it's on I think Hulu. We had too I many think. things recording. After the show spent months lingering in limbo, Constantine has officially been canceled by NBC. 
Premiering in October with 4.28 million viewers, Constantine boasts a vocal fan base and decent reviews, but it hasn't been able to find an audience on Friday nights. The fabled death slot. The series based on DC Comics' John Constantine wasn't among the network's initial early renewals, and there has been talk that it would move to NBC's sister network, Sci-Fi. In his tweet, Cerrone, Cerrone, the showrunner, Daniel Cerrone, (laughs) I probably should have set that up, who cares, uh, seems hopeful that such a deal can still rescue the show. NBC a no for season two, Warner Brothers working hard to find Constantine a new home. Stay active. Stream and tweet. Hashtag save Constantine. Yeah, I, had a friend, I have a friend on Facebook that likes Constantine. He was really, before, I, I, I didn't know they got canceled, but he kept uh, he kept up with it saying, they, they may cancel it, they may cancel it. Hope they don't cancel it. So now uh, he'll be distraught. And they did. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did you watch, I posted on uh, the Facebook. I posted on the Facebook, Steven. That their Facebook? The Sense8 trailer. Did you see that? I saw you post it. I haven't watched it yet. It's the uh, Wachowskis um, siblings. The Wachowski siblings. And uh, J. Michael they Straczynski. They were born brothers. They're going to die, brothers. <laughs> and J. Michael Straczynski. That's my redneck. I'm just teasing. <laughs> They're siblings. He created Babylon 5. Did you ever watch that? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? I okay. watched Babylon 5. So he, J. Michael Straczynski's teaming up with Wachowskis of this show called Sense8. And I'm going to let you watch the trailer real quick. Okay, ready? And the first person you're going to see is Saeed from Lost. If you know what it means to be reborn. Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? You saw her. But that's just the beginning. I can feel you. You're not really here, are you? You are no longer just you. You all start to feel strange things. Anger and joy and pain. Pleasure without any reason. We have seven other selves now. We can access each other's knowledge, language, skills. Expand my mind, Steven. What do you think? Does that look trippy? Pretty wild. So it's eight people and they're all linked. Whoa. If I was linked with eight other people, it would be cool. That that had cool skills. Like if your car broke down and you knew nothing about cars, like the guy who knew about cars could take over for you. All of a sudden, you know, you want to play guitar for your girl to do <laughs> yeah or make her dinner and there's a chef, chef. guy hey i'll whip it up for you so yeah it's like hey i can't get past this level on this game <laughs> that's my with the jstrom <laughs> <laughs> let me take over yeah I'd be like why is he here he doesn't really add anything to the group hey maybe there'll be one of the people and that's the bad guy everyone's like what do you bring to the table exactly it's like I make great sandwiches. Leave me alone. <laughs> Bastards. 
That's the thing. You don't have Netflix, so you haven't watched Daredevil yet. Mm-mm. How do I get you to watch Daredevil? You're going to have to just come over for 13 hours and binge watch the entire I, season. I keep forgetting to uh, bring over that fabulous movie I was part of, too, for us to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you must bring it, Stephen. <laughs> bring... I said it, it set out too to bring, and I still forget it. Okay, Stephen, I want to ask you, you know, <clears throat> I had Adam Sexton on the last show, and we talked about the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you what you thought of the Avengers. Did you dig it? It was all right. Uh, were you like, <laughs> meh? Meh, could have been better. <laughs> no, it was really good. It was fun. It was a lot of good. Did you dig it? Yes. Could you hear the people behind us whispering? Yeah. There's one part where everybody's evacuating the city and you see a dog reminds, there's a dog. Just like, oh, no, really? But like three times I said, it's a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand people. Because I heard it like a couple of times. I'll never forget. The, like when you're in a theater and people are talking in the background, I'll never forget. That dog's a great actor. <laughs> There's this over, this very enthusiastic woman in Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Do you remember, you know, Crocodile Dundee, he's got a knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> but there's later on where he doesn't have his knife. And he's getting jacked by these dudes. And uh, Reginald Vell Johnson helps him out. And he's like, Coney Island Warriors. I forget what he says. But he yeah. takes the boomerang off the, the limo, the antenna or whatever. And is that the Coney Island Warriors? Where did I get that from? That's the awesome from movie. From the movie. The yeah. So the part where he reaches for his knife and he doesn't have it, there was a, a, an older lady. She goes, ooh, he hasn't got his knife. And she like clapped her hands like all into it. And I was like, whoa, that lady's really into this movie. <laughs> like she just said that like super loud. Like all, he hasn't got his knife. <laughs> it's just He's so, in trouble now. <laughs> oh, what's Dundee going to do now? It's just <laughs> hilarious. And I was like, well, that's somebody who really gets into movies, man. And I'll never forget another time. Uh, this wasn't in a theater. But I was with my friend Walter. You know Walter. Mm-hmm. We're in his room. He was showing me his uh, heavy metal posters or something. And his... Uh... <laughs> I think this happened on more than one occasion. They were watching The Lost Boys. And she comes in there and she goes, Who is the head vampire? I just can't figure it out. And he goes, Do you really want me to tell you? She goes, Yeah. And he, and he goes... Well, do you remember? She goes, no, no, no. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And she shut the door and left. And I was like, what the hell was that? (laughs) And uh, another time, (laughs) his parents were watching uh, Short Circuit, you know? And you remember there's a part in Short Circuit where there's a fake out where you think Johnny Five gets blown up. Mm -hmm. She comes in the room. I cannot believe they killed that robot. <laughs> I watched that whole movie and they killed the robot. That's just unbelievable. And she goes, and she leaves and he's just like, sorry, man. And I was like, no, it's okay. <laughs> then she comes back. They didn't kill the robot. <laughs> and by the way, this is the same lady. If Just so listeners, if you remember this, this is the same lady who saw a glowing man in a field. I saw a glowing man. It's like, whoa. Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. And this is the same lady who I said. Peace and love. <laughs> yes. This is the same lady who needed to bake biscuits in our oven. 
And she walked in, and my dad goes, "Well, come on in!" Like he had no idea who she was. It's the same way. So she is quite the character. Which, by the way, when we went to see Skyfall, I'll never forget this. We're in line for Skyfall. I turn around. It's her behind me and Walter's sister. And oh. uh, and I was like, no! And I like turned back around, and they were like, Jason? And I was like, no! <laughs> I was like, oh, hey! Hey! What's going on? I haven't Save seen this seat so we can sit by uh, yeah. you. Can we sit next to you? We share your popcorn? And it's like, no! But uh, the last time I had seen them previously was Black Friday... Early morning, and we were in line, and I look over, and I'm like, ah! It was them. I was like, ah! I turn around. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. And I think I avoided that day, but that day we were in Skyfall didn't work. It was like, ah! Where did you come from? Too close to quarters. Yeah. And Walter used to tell funny stories <laughs> about uh, how I, <laughs> just, he's such an effed up dude, <laughs> but uh, it was good times. Uh, good times and great wine. So you liked uh, Avengers, right? Yes, very now, much. Now, um, okay, speaking of that, I don't know if you've heard about this, but you know they're, they're about to begin um, filming Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. the next big-ass Marvel movie. Well, uh you know, part of it is going to be a bunch of characters uh, because there's a civil war <laughs> and it's supposed to be, you know, like uh, Captain America and uh, Iron Man not agreeing on things. Tony Stark. So they announced Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. Scott Lang will be among the Marvel headliners joining Captain America Civil War. Rudd makes his debut as Lang when Ant-Man arrives. Uh, yeah, we know when the movie comes out. Duh! Civil War, which depicts what happens when Iron Man and Captain America find themselves on opposite sides of a government plan for superheroes. I have a feeling like, I don't know if, uh, did you see the last Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Where they keep talking about... Registering. We need to register all your enhanced people. And it's like, no, 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 because we don't trust the government. That's what it's going to be about. Right. Putting them in an index or wanting their anonymity, and that's what they're going to be fighting over. And it kind of reminded me, that's kind of a storyline in X-Men, because they had the Mutant Registration Act, and it seems yeah. kind of like a ripoff of that. Yeah. But maybe it's the same thing, but they can't say mutants, they say inhumans, because Fox owns the rights to cinematic X-Men, and they have the word mutants. Right. Just like they say adamantium in the Fox universe, and in Marvel universe, the movie universe, and they the say chain. vibranium. A vibranium. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, I was like, I thought Cap's shield's made out of animanium. It's like, no, Jason, it's made out of vibranium. Hello? <laughs> they can't say animanium. Shut up. It's like, oh, okay. But I thought Wolverine's claw. No, shut up, kid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to have, like, um, uh, William Hurt as... General Thunderbolt Ross, and it's going to have Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, all those people. It's even going to have Vision and the Scarlet Witch in it. So that's going to be cool. It's going to be – I'm excited about it. You know what's funny is I get all fired up the Marvel movie, and then it goes away, and it's like, oh, it's gone. I guess I'm uh, yeah, excited about Ant-Man now, right? Right. going to go see Ant-Man, then that will go away. You can go see Ultron again just to – Yeah, I want to see it. 
I wanted Heather's parents to see it too because they watch Agents of Shield, you know, regularly. Right. Because we'll talk about it. It's like, oh, you gotta go see Avengers. Oh, so there's all the people there and it's crowded. I already told you, my brother is like, I don't really like superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, they're different. They're not all the same. Let's see. I like Superman, though. Well, that's a superhero movie. <laughs> it's like well, he doesn't hurt superhero. anyone. Well, neither does Batman. Uh, he Batman doesn't believe in... beats up people. He never kills, kills anybody. You know? yeah. I said, so there goes your logic there, my brother. You know how there's always good guys who don't kill people, and there's good guys, or I guess they're... What do you call it? They're... they're moral claws. Kind of anti-heroes that do kill people. Yeah. But you root for them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, does that bother Wolverine you? killed. Like, Wolverine, you, he has claws. He needs to slash dudes up, right? Right. He needs to kill dudes. He's... But in order to get the, if you want... Um, it depends on your situation, though, I guess, too. See, the smart thing they've I done mean, in Avengers... To say that Batman shouldn't have killed Joker or yeah. <clears throat> his running theme throughout the Batman series would be, you know, okay, you got to keep coming up with new... Villains every time. Well, that's I know there are a bunch of villains, but you notice in Avengers they always have them fight. They had in the first film, uh, endless stream of aliens. The second movie, endless stream of robots, so they can just kill everything because it's yeah. oh they're not killing humans. It's no big deal. I guess they were kind of killing those uh, Hydra guys at the beginning of the movie, though, weren't they? Yes. I mean, I'm. <clears throat> I don't know if Captain America is killing them, but Hulk is definitely killing those dudes because mm-hmm. he's like punching guys and they're flying through the oh, air. No, you're throwing the vibranium shield in their face. Yeah, that's, uh... it might be killing them. Yeah, I mean, he was in World War II killing Nazis, so yeah, that's true. And you know, uh, Iron Man, he's shooting with the repulsor. That probably kills you. That yeah. blast. And Thor's electrocuting people, hitting them with a big hammer. And um, Black Widow's shooting with a gun, so <laughs> those guys are definitely dead. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. So I guess it's your ex- extreme, uh, if they're trying to kill you, you can kill them. Right. If they're not trying to kill you, then you capture them. Yeah, you I guess subdue kind of, them. Depending on the morality clause there. Well, it's like even because uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., no, that doesn't make you sense because there is a lot of gunplay and people get killed on that show. But they also have the icers. See, yeah, the they kind of tricked me on the at uh, at the end of that one. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mm-hmm. when somebody gets shot, and I'm like going, "Oh what? shit! Oh wait, it's the icer gun!" Yeah, yeah. you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to say who. But I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely uh, excited for Mad Max coming up. Oh yeah, yeah, um, definitely going to see that shit next <laughs> next Friday. Hell oh, yizzle! Uh, what else? The Ant Man. Yep. Oh, Steven, next week Pitch Perfect Two comes out. Sweet. Are you going to go see that? Yes. I know Heather and Emma really want to see that. <laughs> no, I won't see. It. I'll be completely lost. I haven't seen the first one. There's an H.R. Giga uh, documentary called Dark Star. What do you think about that? Cool. About the film, surrealist artist H.R. Giga, terrified audiences. The reason I don't say H.R. Geiger is I remember watching a thing for Alien where they go, 
Artist H.R. Giga. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if they how they say his name on this, if they say his name. Giga a Giga. Like a Whoa. He did some kooky shit, man. It's showing all this armory. Portrays accurately certain dark areas. This is coming from someplace else. And Giger is, you know, just the guy that this other world is kind of introducing themselves to us. Zu Hause. Das, was wir alle fliehen, ist sein Zuhause. Es ist alles anders mit dem Moment. Das ist, was ich Hans Hürli, ein Visionär. zurückzukehren, aber es ist am selten möglich, die wenigsten Leute getrauen sich, ihre Träume zu erzählen oder irgendwie darzustellen. Ich denke immer wieder, wenn ich das Bild dem Vater oder der Mutter zeige, die verschrecken ja zu Tod. If it's subtitled, I'll watch that. <laughs> you know what they're it? saying. Would, wouldn't you watch that? Yeah. But what if it's not subtitled and you don't know what they're saying? <laughs> no, I'm sure it will be, but that's funny. That's funny. Sit Sita. there and be creeped out by the German guy talking. Would you like to come over to my house and see my artwork? It's like, uh... I don't know. Steven, do you want to go if see? I can ride that creepy train. May 22nd, Poltergeist remake. Yeah. Nah. I can wait till cable. I want to see Tomorrowland. I'd see that. Tomorrowland. That looks kind of fun. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm interested because, uh, you know. You like uh, the Clooney? It's written by Brad Bird, Damon Lindelof, and Jeff Jensen. Now, Jeff Jensen was this crazy entertainment weekly writer who would write all of his insane lost theories, and they were all wrong. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. My dad posted this thing about lost. He goes, hey, read this. It's by a writer from lost. And uh, did you see that? Yeah, Yeah. And I read it, and I go, that's not a writer from lost. He misspelled blatant. My dad said, but that's the only word he misspelled. <laughs> I just was like, that's not, not, no, I call foul. It's just someone coming up. I kind of skimmed that article, too. I was just laughing. I was like, who's thinking about Lost anymore? Seriously. <laughs> I watched it, and it's it's over, okay? It's, it's, it's over, Johnny. It's over. Yeah. It's funny, like, because, you know, uh, there's certain shows you can rewatch over and over. I don't know. Maybe you're. I don't know. It's too soon. I can't watch Lost again yet. Yet. Or maybe so, never. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Is it I, kind of. Uh, no, it doesn't have the Twin Peaks watchability or. It might. I just haven't had tried. the desire to. I kind of would like to rewatch all of Friday Night Lights again. 
Because hmm. I love that show so much. It'd be neat. I've tried to watch it, but they're on a non-HD channel, and I get bored. I can't. I can't watch it. It's, oh yeah, it's yeah. Not HD. It's all fuzzy. Yeah, I'd want to watch it all in HD. Even though the show never looked that great, it was really grainy. Kind of filmed with handheld cameras. But when and it's shit. grainy and fuzzy, it just is. It's headache material. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like De- you forgot to. I mean, I don't wear glasses or anything, but it's like you know when you hear people forget to put their contacts in and can't see. Everything's fuzzy. If I t- don't do that, then I'm screwed. Oh, you know what? Um, NBC they canceled about a boy. Did you watch that show? No. Marry me. And One Big Happy, I watched One Big Happy. It was not a good show, but uh, it was the one with uh, 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 Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, the the one, the pregnant lesbian friend, and he was married. He or, was married to this British girl, yeah. Kelly Brooke, who is amazing. That's like why I watched that show. And, huh, got to wait till she does another show, I guess. <laughs> I know they what, canceled the Mindy Project too, right? Yeah, I never. Uh, I didn't watch that, but I mean, it was just like it was a big headline thing. It's like I know it had its following, a lot of people who enjoyed it. But um, that's what, you know. Whenever you hear about a show being canceled, people are like, maybe Hulu will pick it up, maybe this, maybe that. You never know. Like it's like, did it have a big enough audience? That's why it got canceled, or it's big enough for a Hulu or right because the they're. The one I think about is, like, remember when uh, TBS picked up Cougar Town? Yeah. You would think, like, the mini project, why don't they pick that up? You know, TBS. I can't imagine the ratings are that great on TBS that they would just... Because they're playing four episodes of Big Bang Theory, four episodes of the um, Family Guy. Right. Put on some original programming Yeah, and see those shows... Even though they get ratings. Cause... Those shows have a following, you know, and I was really bummed out when they canceled Ground Floor because I really liked that show. And I was like, why are you canceling that show? It's fun and it's just your channel. I mean, what else are you going to air? Reruns of stuff. I didn't know they canceled it. Yeah, they canceled it. No. Really in lame. Because the one chick on there from Undateable was on Ground Floor. I know. And they canceled it. It's like. I figured that's why she got off was to continue doing ground floor. Maybe she, yeah, I was thinking she could go back to undateable, but they <laughs> made her character like get married to somebody else. But I like undateable. the The live show I thought was really funny. It was, uh, it was like, um, you know, it was, it wasn't like uh, a really tight storyline or anything. It was just them kind of being silly. You know, it was just kind of like a fun thing to do. If they did that every week, do you think it would work? Yes. It would work? Yes. Because it would just be ridiculous? Yes, (laughs) because you're sitting there watching him try to make each other break. Yeah. And he's like, when he made fun of, like, how much weight he's gained or something, he's just kind of (laughs) like... He just kind of stared off for a second. Because in the second version, he makes fun of him. You know when he goes, you know, you look like like Hugh Jackman's tired older brother. (laughs) And he goes, you know, you look like you look like that ugly guy from that show, Whitney. And he just kind of like stood there for a second and everyone's laughing. He just kind of went, I never watched that show. <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, it was like, I never watched that show. 
Oh, that's good. And I liked all the guest stars, you know, like people like from Scrubs and stuff. Yeah. That was pretty good. I like the old lady who uh, they said she gets freaky. Uh, they, they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, idea yeah. is they work in an old folks' home, and he's like, all those people are banging each other. All the time. Sometimes they even ask us to join. It's do like, you? Do no. you? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really lonely. And it's like, uh, this lady, she'll do male, female, anything. And she goes, ass is ass. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you say, Miss Owens? Yes. And then the, she goes, uh, the sister goes upstairs to check on the other girl. And I uh, hope it doesn't break out into a threesome. Yeah. And she yeah. gets up, not you, Mrs. <laughs> yeah, the one guy, he goes, hey, I'm going to go with you. It might turn into a threesome. And you see the old lady stand up and they go, not you. <laughs> and he goes, sit your ass down. <laughs> Uh, it's a funny show and it's silly. I really like season one a lot and I like season two too. It's a fun show. I just grin like an idiot during the whole show. You know, they kind of spoiled me last year, last season because they showed two every night, you know, right? they showed two episodes back to back and now they're just doing one, but that was an hour long episode. So that was cool. And I was telling you that, you know, uh, Hulu had because they did it live. They did an East Coast and a West Coast version, live version, and you need to see the West Coast because it's funny how they change stuff up. Hey, I wanted to ask you this because we haven't really talked about it a lot on the show. How do you feel about David Letterman retiring? Are you going to watch his final show? Yeah, I'm waiting, uh, and just because I'm, uh, I want to see Howard Stern on there. I I do like Howard, Mm -hmm. and. I watched the bit with uh, Steve Martin. He was on a week or so ago, I guess. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm looking for certain people, and I don't know who, I, until I see it, you know, who's going to be on when, I don't know when I'll watch it. But I want to see, I'll probably want to see certain performers after a while. It's You know what's funny? Because um, they're going to bring all their big hitters out. Because I... David Letterman meant a lot to me when I was in high school on school nights. I would stay up late and watch him on mm-hmm. NBC because I loved the weird irreverent mm-hmm. comedy that he did on that right. show. When he moved to CBS, I didn't care as much. I kind of lost interest and it's not the same really. Uh, you know, the top 10 list was always, I remember like, oh, the top 10 list, like I had to watch it. And then eventually he's like, God, I haven't seen the top 10 list in years. Yeah. I think that Battlestar Galactica one is the last one I saw, <laughs> you know, but uh, I guess, you know, I just got older and lost interest. And the funny thing is when he moved to CBS and Conan uh, started, right? I think that was just the time slot that I watched because I got into Conan, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though I don't and really... Conan w- began doing the wacky, irreverent humor. Yeah, yeah. Just crazy, insane stuff. The masturbating bear and all that stuff. Trying Tamari, the ostrich. And um, so I didn't really follow, follow Dave over to CBS. I would watch every once in a while. But now that he's retiring, it is kind of a bummer that he is. But at the same time... Were you really watching? Did you care? I wasn't watching. Yeah, like so. when the new we watch CBS News even, and then Letterman comes on afterwards, and I'm like, up oh, time to turn it, uh, you know. And that's usually when uh, I flip the tuner to Conan and I start it from the beginning or something. 
Yeah, I don't always watch Conan. I'll flip over and watch bits, and then I'll turn away. It's like, <laughs> I don't really care about this band. or Yeah, I Conan did this. <laughs> he did one of those uh, Clueless Gamers where he played this game called Witcher 3. Yeah. Did you watch that? No, I haven't. Oh, my God, it's so funny. Because he... Because I watch the bits he posts on Facebook, you know, that are... Yeah, well, he's told that there's a sex scene in the game, so he's like, when do we get this sex scene? Like, all he cares about is the character having sex in the game, and he keeps building up to it. Well, how come we're not having sex? What is going on here? I don't care about this. So finally, when he gets to the sex scene, you know, Blay is always there with him, the guy Blay. He goes, get out of here. Go. Go get and just shoves him, and he like leaves the room, and he's like, oh, oh. he's like acting like oh. And then when he come the it comes back, his hair is like all messed up, and you see Blake kind of sitting there like looking away, kind of disgusted in Conan. He's like, that was the greatest video game I've ever played. <laughs> he's like, that was the most wonderful moment of my life. <laughs> it's really funny, but yeah, Heather and I we regularly watch. Uh, Conan, and I mean, I don't always. Whoever he's interviewing isn't always interesting to me. Right. I love the first part of the show, the monologue and whatever that's, bit they do. That's usually what I catch is the bits of the monologue. Yeah, and occasionally a guest, but I generally when you know what's funny, I, I will say this, and it's been this way my whole life. I don't know why, but I'm genuinely uncomfortable during interviews. I can't look a lot of times at the screen while people are being interviewed. I have to like look at my phone. And you know what especially I don't like and I'm uncomfortable by? And I was just thinking about this because you put on Facebook you were going to that – you wanted to go to the evening with Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. When people go up to microphones and they're like, I have a question or whatever, I have to like go like this and look away. I'm embarrassed for whatever stupid question they ask. Right. And I've always been that way. So when – Conan is interviewing someone like some, like say he's interviewing Scarlett Johansson or something. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I think they're going to say something stupid or whatever, or they tell a story. I'm just like embarrassed for them or like stage fright. I don't know what it is, but I have to like look away and just listen. Isn't that funny? And it's uh, like if a comedian or something like that. It's not always because they're funny. Yeah. Somebody who really has a commanding presence where they have... Like the, the Shelly from Undated well, when he was on there. Yeah, like Ron Funches, if he's on there. I couldn't remember. But if name, it's somebody but... who, especially like a young star, it doesn't look like they've done a lot of shows, I'm kind of uncomfortable and I don't watch. Do you ever do that? No. no. Do you When you're watching a show, like a sitcom or... If like, I don't find the person interesting, then I'm probably not paying a whole lot of attention anyways. But like um, when something embarrassing happens on a show, like it can even be a movie or whatever, like an embarrassing situation. Do you ever like go... Or when someone's making an ass out of themselves, they're saying something to the wrong person or whatever on accident. It's hard to a situational comedy thing where somebody says something wrong in front of the wrong person. No, only if it's more like um, a reality type. Um, I don't know if you've ever do you ever like look away though, where you can't look. I can't look like cringe. Yeah, kind of the cringe. I realize that on uh, when we're watching Conan, a lot of times I'm like, eh, I can't watch this. And I'm like looking down at my phone, but I'm listening and I'm like, eh, I can't look. It's so weird. I'm it's just, a 
I can't remember the name of the show, but there's uh, four friends and they dare each other to do stupid crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the end, they they keep point essentially. And at the end, the biggest loser, they have a punishment they have to do. And like this one guy, he was afraid of skydiving. That was his chore. You know, they took him up and everybody skydived. And he was, and they videotaped him all the way down screaming like a girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, you know, our rule was if you don't do the punishment, you get kicked off the show. So it's like, okay, keep doing the show or do I get, you know, do I do what I hate, you know? And mm-hmm. so one of them, they dressed him up like a, it was, I think it's the same guy. They put him in a pinata suit and uh, he had hit on one of the guy's sister yeah. and he was, she was married. Her husband came out and had the stick and was whacking him with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they dare each other to do stupid things in public. What show is this? I can't remember. Channels. It's on True TV. Oh, okay. God, they have such bad shows on there. It's funny. It's, it's got my favorite lizard lick towing. It, it's funny. And, uh, you know, they'll do stupid things in the grocery store. They'll, they like this. They have like two tape lines. This, this is one of the last episodes I saw. They had two lines there and one or uh, one guy's on either side of the line and they've got a basket full of toilet paper rolls. If somebody comes in there, they had to start shooting toilet paper rolls into their basket. <laughs> and whoever has the most between the two lines, once, once they cross one and cross the other. How do these guys get this show? <laughs> they're part of a comedy troupe. Oh, uh, why don't we have a show? So, I mean, and some stuff they do is funny. Some stuff is just kind of sad, you know. But they'll, you know, they'll do stuff in set up in malls. I'm like, eventually they got to get popular enough for, you know, it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Interesting. We were just talking about undateable report undateable nearing season three renewal. Will every episode be live? We can <laughs> practically hear the glasses clinking at black eyes bar today. That's, you know, well, you, what is that? Didn't they change the name to, of the bar to baby birds last year? Do you remember that? It was, it was a suggestion, yeah. But it's still black eyes. But you, I haven't heard him call like, him Baby Bird this year either. Yeah, he hasn't called him Baby Bird. Um, not only is NBC's Undateable reportedly returning for a third season, but according to our sister site, Deadline, the network is speaking with producers about filming every episode, wait for it, live. Following the show's first ever live episode earlier this week, which attracted strong cameos, received positive reviews from critics, and earned the comedy a slight ratings uptick, there's reportedly talk of doing as many as 22 live episodes this fall. (laughs) Good Lord! You know what's funny? That's just going to be a beaten for them. If they do it in a 30-minute format versus the hour. Yeah. What's funny is the reason I asked you that is because I was... I said, Heather, did you like the live episode? She was like... Uh, it was funny, but I couldn't watch that every week. I like, you know, it's it's kind of like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It's a 30-minute Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. If it's funny, it's fine. And they rehearse it all week, too. You know? And that's the thing. You know, and and them trying to make each other break kind of made it funny. Yeah, especially since we know the character. If it was a brand new show, we'd never watched these characters before. But we've watched them up until then. 
But it was funny. Did you notice there were certain times where they would kind of stand still and then, then start walking? Yeah. <laughs> that part was funny. They would hear the music, dun, 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 and then, okay, start walking. There was one time yeah, where... Were, yeah, the one of the customers was standing. Yeah. Uh, what is there? Danny and um, Justin. There was a part where Justin said, uh, he goes, well... It was a pleasure to uh, speak to you. And he goes, and I was pleasured too. And he goes, oh. And he kind of like looks down and then he kind of looks around clueless. And then the music starts and he's like, oh, and he kind of like yeah. moves. <laughs> it was really funny the way they kind of like were deer in headlights sometimes. And when he was singing into the office, he was like, three more seconds. Play me a little bit more. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd, yeah. he'd ran through his lines too fast before he got uh, yeah. to the office. And he goes, if you lose a bet, you have to shave your chest on live TV. And he looked around for the camera. He goes, live TV. <laughs> and he looked directly at it. It was funny. Because on the West Coast version, he even does that. Where where the freaking camera? He like says it out loud. <laughs> they get more loose in the second version. Because uh, I think there was like a big release after yeah. the first live show. And they're like, okay, everybody reset. We're doing it again. It's like, what the hell? We're doing this again? <laughs> and so in the second one, they're like, it seems like they messed up a bit more. Oh. It, but it just didn't matter. Because that was you know, when it first started up, and I'm like sitting there watching. I'm like, is that Ed Sheeran? And my great brother Greg goes, "Who's Ed Sheeran?" I'm like, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love the episode. Speaking about dateable, the one where uh, oh, what's his name? The the guy with glasses. It was funny because the girl had it nailed perfectly. She goes, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he called. She called him a mixture of. Uh, <laughs> Of Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum and, and uh, David Schwimmer. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly who he looks like. <laughs> He's like David Schwimmer and uh, Jeff Goldblum combined. But that episode where he says, you're pretty. And the girl sprays him in the <laughs> eyes. And then he like goes back and she sprays him more. He's like, you're, I just want to tell you, you're pretty. She's like, <laughs> right in his face. What is that? Bursky. Bursky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know their names. It's Shelly, Bursky, Justin. Uh, Danny and the sister's name is. What about the gay bartender? Yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? Danny, Justin, Leslie, Leslie, Shelley, Bursky, Brett, Brett, and Candace. That's a new girl. That was funny <laughs> when he was like, "Just uh, pretend for me." He's like, uh, "You know, if there's a choice of going out clubbing with the guys or staying home with you, I choose you every time." It's like, I've waited my whole life to hear something like that. It's like, wow, thanks for play acting with me. What? (laughs) That was funny. Like Dr. Drew, too. It's like, here's 200 bucks tip. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, here's 50 bucks. bucks. (laughs) Did you notice he goes, Baba (laughs) Booey? But I was like, you know what? Your friend really needs help. I don't think you could take another rejection like that. He goes, oh, did I call in and ask your opinion, Dr. Drew? Oh, it was just funny. It's a silly show, but Bill Lawrence does that show, you know, the Scrubs guy, Cougar Town. Yeah. And Ground Floor. Damn it. I was even thinking if a Danable gets canceled, they better take it to TBS, damn it. Because uh, he had a deal with them after he did uh, Cougar Town to develop more shows with them. And the first one was Ground, Ground Floor. Floor. Which I still think should have kept going. And did they kill Men at Work, too? Men at Work, yeah, that's gone. There's a new show on. It's got, like, Richard Dreyfus on there. Yeah. I haven't watched it, though. I haven't either. It's kind of so disgusted they canceled my stories, you know, that I didn't want to. Because I liked Men at Work. Did you watch that one? No. 
Was that the 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 four guys in the uh, office that worked together? I remember the first season. Danny Masterson was. Uh, yeah, it, it it had um uh, uh Breckenmeyer created Breckenmeyer it. created it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that show. Um, and then there was the bar one. Remember the one where uh, it was like created by Vince Vaughn or produced by Vince Vaughn? Oh, vaguely. And I, Heather would sit there and watch it. And I go, "Is this show any good? Are you seriously?" Oh, watching? it was the 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 Sullivan and Son. Yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah, I couldn't take that. But horrible. I thought Ground Floor was it was like finally they got a decent sitcom yeah. on here. It's funny, and I love like Harvard and uh, all yeah. those characters. I even thought his girlfriend character was funny. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what they want for ratings. You know what's funny is on Facebook they had a uh, a ground floor. Um, what do they call it? A questionnaire. Mm-hmm. But it's not called a questionnaire. A survey. Survey. Can you take this ground floor survey on how to improve the show? And I took it and I answered questions. And I was like, oh, they're really hoping to improve the next season or something. I don't know. And then it got canceled. <laughs> don't <laughs> no, change. No don't one took change. the survey, so. When you watch a show, do you ever read the comments on IMDb? I'm telling you, it's hilarious. No matter what no, I, I watch. Whenever we watch an episode and I finish, I look now because I'm enterta- entertained. Like, we're just talking about ground floor and TBS, and then I see a comment, God awful. And it says, I have tried watching this show several times, and in my opinion, it is awful. I have not been able to make it through an entire episode. Disappointing. I think I've only seen two eps, but I find the show boring and unoriginal, and the laugh track is lame. I agree 100%. If you call that TBS that I liked in a fluff kind of way, god-awful, check out Sullivan Sons if you ever think you should kill yourself but need extra incentive. I don't. It's a live audience. It's not a... Um, a laugh track. Yeah. So, undateable. Let's see what that comments. I like to read the ones after we watch The Blacklist. Love the live show. Awful, stupid show. What's wrong with the network keeping a show like this on the air? Then I suggest you shouldn't watch anymore. <laughs> then don't watch, you moronic imbecile. There are three to 500 other channels you can watch. Only if you can afford cable. I like it. A lot of people like it. Go watch. Go back to watching Property Brothers and Lizard Lick Towing in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> If they can have 10 to 15 years of American Idol and Big Brother, they can put up with two to three seasons of stuff like this. Laugh out loud. It cracks me up. There is an episode. We were watching The Blacklist. Do you still watch that? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you caught up on it? Um, two sep- season- two uh, shows behind. There's uh, The main character, Lizzie, drives me insane. Right. And I yell at her verbally out loud. And Heather always kind of laughs because I'm... There's a man, a bad guy, he's scarred from burns all over the back of his head. It looks really gross. She's sitting down interrogating him, and she goes, So, you were in a fire? And I go, Wait, 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 hold it. Give me the remote. Give me the remote. And I pause it. I go, Were you in a fire? Seriously? (laughs) The guy has burned scars all over his body. She opens with, Were you in a fire? 
Are you serious, Heather? This is the worst writing I've ever seen. And were you in a fire? She goes, okay, I get it. No, no, no. This is unforgivable. The guy is burned. It's like asking Freddy Krueger. So, Freddy, were you in a fire? It'd be like, what? You're asking me if I was in a fire? I've got burn scars. Oh, opens his shirt, got souls of children screaming on it. says, so, have you killed any children lately? Yeah, it's just like she could have opened with, Tell me about the fire. The fire that caused these scars. <laughs> I'll tell you about the fire or something. But you were in a fire? It's like, <laughs> excuse me? No. Why do you ask? No. Well, because all of your burn scars. No. What burn scars? It's a birthmark. <laughs> but I was just like, hold on, pause it now. You mean the way your ears melted off your head is a birthmark? Yes. I'm very sensitive. Stop it. And Chris Delia, Delia, who cracks me up, he goes, you ready to see Avengers? <laughs> he just, like, yeah. talks weird. So, Stephen, before we go, I have a voicemail from Adam Sexton. I figure we play that yes, and sir. Uh, see what he has to say. Hello, E.T. Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here, sending you some voicemail. I failed to send some uh, voicemail your way uh, for the last episode, but that's probably because I didn't know you were recording one. And uh, I did listen to it. I really enjoyed it. And I figured I'd send a couple of uh, points of feedback relating to it. Uh, The first one is uh, that, Jason, you mentioned winning the smartphone uh, contest. And you also noted how it's so rare that you ever win contests of any kind. And I know exactly how you feel. And because of that, I thought I would share this story that involves... What I'm sure is uh, everyone's favorite film critic, at least in our group, if you want to say, uh, Drew McQueenie of Hit Fix. So back in 2010, I think it's October, Apocalypse Now finally arrives on Blu-ray. And it was this big occasion for fans of the movie. We uh, Both versions of the movie were going to be included, and they were remastered and restored. They also had the correct aspect ratio for the first time for a home video release. All the supplements from previous releases were included. And in the three-disc box set, the one called Full Disclosure, I think, the Hearts of Darkness documentary was included as well. So this was nothing but essential. McWeeney, in the week leading up to the Blu-ray release, or at least the week of it, ran this contest on this blog and the directions were as follows. The readers were, if they wanted to participate, were to write a review of at least five paragraphs or so about what the fav- their favorite war film was, but it couldn't be Apocalypse Now. I think that was a smart move since it would shed the light on other war movies, including ones that don't get as much attention. The entries had to be turned in by email by, I think, the Thursday of that week. I think the Blu-ray set was released on Tuesday of that week, or maybe the next one. I don't remember. I can remember spending the first few days thinking it over after the contest was announced. What what would be my favorite war film that wasn't Apocalypse Now? What would I say about it? And I decided on... Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down. I I do think this is an excellent war film. It's one of uh, Scott's best efforts. And while it has a couple of faults, it's a very effective take on the soldier's plight. And the idea of leave no man behind was effectively made. Uh, 
I, I saw the movie with my father back when it came out. I don't think I've seen the movie with him since, but it's it's one of those uh, very memorable movie-going experiences. But anyway, I spent about three hours writing my review Thursday morning before I turned it in, and that was a payday for me, so I checked the Blu-ray uh, sets listing on Amazon, and it was being sold for $40, I think it was like on sale for its first week. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to win this contest. And I really, really want this box set so bad. So I ordered it from Amazon. You know, either way, I'd be covered. Friday morning, the results on HitFix, HitFix was posted. And I wasn't getting my hopes up. And I was looking forward to at least to what others wrote. And like I said, I had a copy of the Blu-ray on the way. What the hell did I care at this point? So it surprised the hell out of me to find my review of Black Hawk Down, not only among the winning entries, but the first one listed. And I was stunned, and I was elated. Not because I had won the Blu-ray, but because a writer who I enjoyed reading... And even considered an inspiration, still do, picked up, picked my entry from who knows how many entries. And at that point in my life, I had stopped pursuing a job in the field of journalism. At that point, it had been almost four years since I wrote for a publication. And the idea of anything of mine being published again felt like a pipe dream. And lo and behold, there it was. And for the next few days, I had some spring in my step for this little victory. However, I had two copies of Apocalypse Now on the way, and I felt a little dumb for that. I emailed Drew. I told him how grateful I was, you know, beyond description, that he picked up my entry. I told him that I had ordered a separate copy of my own, and that... You know, if he wanted to give the free copy to someone else, perhaps someone who was maybe considered a runner-up, someone who just didn't make the final five, that wouldn't bother me if that person got my copy of the Blu-ray. And he sent me back an email that stated that, well, he understood my uh, predicament, but he said, I'll never forget this, he said, you know what, you earned it, so enjoy it, buddy. And I thought, okay, I, I could. I could, you know, give the free copy to my brother. I mean, he likes the movie as well. So here's the funny part. I never received my free copy of the movie. And I never checked back with McWeeny or anyone else at HitFix to see what the problem was. I thought maybe the Postal Service screwed something up. Maybe... McWeeny decided to give it to someone else as I requested. I, I don't care. I didn't care. I still don't. I have my copy from Amazon. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my treasures of my home video library. But what matters most is that he chose something that I wrote. And either way, I feel that I win. So that's my... Uh, story of the last contest or maybe I don't it's it's the most noteworthy contest that I've ever won so there's my story in relation to that Jason I hope your smartphone kicks all sorts of ass that it's uh, super powerful that it has a bitching version of snake on it 
and uh, good luck with you on that. Uh, Justified ended this week, and it was as perfect a finale as I could have wanted. I I remember watching like the last 20, 25 minutes of it. I, 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 I seen would progress. I mean, basically, without spoiling anything away, in case there are any listeners that have not watched it, or maybe one of you guys haven't seen it yet, it's it's like the the major conflicts of the that's been building up over the season were taken care of at the halfway point, and what's left is like these drawn out scenes of closure for the main characters, the ones that survived, and it's those it's that second half that I kept rewinding and watching before I just pressed stop on the DVR. Nothing turned out the way I expected it to. I figured someone, more people were going to die, but just the way that it found closure in the in a very surprising way, but not in an unreasonable way. I'd say that the 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 way that Raylan leaves this show is a sign of uh, maturity on his part. Uh, as a sign of moving on with his life, not just for him, but for other characters as well. And it, it was exactly what that show needed. And uh, I just, you know, I can't believe it's gone, but my God, you couldn't have ended the show better. And uh, it's going to go down as one of my, my favorites. The, the Justified is to me what, I guess Chuck is to you, Jason, and uh, I'm, if y'all have seen it, I'm looking forward to what you thought, but but uh, I'm, I'm happy and sad that it's gone, but I mean, what a great run, and I've got six great seasons, well, six and a half. I, I, I'm still not too particularly fond of the fifth season for certain obvious reasons, but I, I can watch it all the way through, but we've got six great seasons of a TV show, and... Uh, that's really all you could. That's all you could hope for. So um, I'm hoping. I'm one. I'm really interested to see what Graham Yost does from here on out. And I really wish that Elmore Leonard was still alive. Maybe he could start up another show based on one of his characters, or make up a new character and start a show based on that. But I'm sure we'll have something else to watch. I mean, luckily Game of Thrones has arrived, and it'll take some of the sting of losing this show away. I don't know if you're recording an episode tonight, but uh, if you do, um, good luck on it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, any other episodes. Uh, Jason, you're still doing so. Uh, you're still doing so well with the Chuck podcast. So keep up the good work on that. And uh, I'm going to try and finish my second solo podcast this weekend. And uh, then I'll see if I can maybe get someone to record with me over this weekend. And if not, there's always the next weekend. So, um, guys, uh, have a good weekend. I hope you and your family stay safe. And that's pretty much it. So, guys, uh, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for that story about the DVD, the Blu-ray contest. That's really cool. And it really sucks that you never actually got it. And, you know, you're kind of scaring me because ne- I still haven't gotten my phone yet in the mail. So I'm like, wait a second. He's foretelling the future. What's going <laughs> to happen to me? I'm never going to receive my prize. But seriously, it says it should be shipped out by the 18th. 
that's uh, a long time still. Of when? Of this month. But, Adam, thank you so much for the voicemail. And, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a voicemail at 1206-309-4729. Also, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com. There you can find all of our old shows and find a link to join us on Facebook in our ETL fan club. Steven, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank and you. talking to me about art and the humanities <laughs> and such things. And TV. And TV. And um, I'll see you next time, Steven. So yes, see you, let's see you later, everybody. Yeah, see you next time, Dylan. Singabuku. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Now this is podcasting.